Coming up on today's show, AOC broke records on Twitch. The Halloween spirit is in full fright across many video games, and it's our 200th episode! Out of what Brittany Brombacher. What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games Podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Christine Steimer. Hello. And Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello. 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 <laughs> We determined that you would be copying Steimer's intro from now until the end of time, until the day that I introduce Brittany first, which will happen at any moment. No, I won't know what to do with myself. Then I'll have to copy her. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Whether it's your first episode or your 200th episode, we're glad that you are joining us here at What's Good Games. We're excited to talk about some video game stuff. But before we do that, we want to give a big thank you to... The folks that make it possible are Patreon supporters, particularly our October Patreon producers, Chewy's Godson, California Cated, Justin Foshi, Punctified, Ferris Ate, Muhammad, Muhammad, Marcus Brown, Alex Rogopoulos, and David Icolucci. Thank you so much for everybody supporting us. And we've got some brand new members of our community, Catherine Tacone, Marie, Jeff Gayton, Rose G, Thomas Reagan, and Marcos Candias. Yeah. Candias. Yeah, yeah. Candace. Candace, yeah. yeah. That sounds fine. Nice. I almost got it. Nailed it. And don't forget, you guys can be part of the show by submitting your questions every week at patreon.com slash what's good games. And you can take advantage of our awesome membership tiers like getting the show ad-free or participating in our fun monthly streams, which are happening tomorrow, October 24th. I was like, you panicked me for a second because I sometimes forget that we record the show on Wednesdays. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean they're tomorrow? I have work. Not <laughs> anymore. Worry. But yeah. Actually, this release is on a Friday, so yeah, it's tomorrow. That's true. <laughs> That's how time works. Uh, it is uh. time. It's a thing. <gasps> Brittany, we also have some wonderful podcast reviewers. We do. We have Big Money JBL, and we have Mushy Snugglebutts. <laughs> <laughs> I That's, love that. Uh, interesting. I love it. No, two very, very nice reviews, and again... Thank you so much, because it really does help. You know, it pushes up, up in that little algorithm there, then more people discover our show. And they're like, oh my god, these girls are really cool. And then they subscribe, and then we expand the What's Good Games family, and then it's just a good day for everyone. You know, Exactly. I am all about more people joining the WGG fam. So we have some fun stuff that we're going to talk about in celebration of our 200th episode in just a little bit. But we did want to hop right into the news. And of course, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that it's brought to you by Honey and HelloFresh. But of course, we'll talk to you about that in just a little bit. So let's start with the big news of the week. AOC made a splashy debut on Twitch. Did either of you ladies catch any part of the AOC stream? I did, the very beginning, yeah. Sure did. 
So shall we want to say who AOC is? Oh, yes. AOC, of course, an (laughs) acronym for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She is the congresswoman from New York. You may have seen her. She is in Trump's Sauron eye. He and her have a very (laughs) public feud. Which is which is funny to me when politicians go after each other because I'm like, you guys are so cute as if you are getting anything done. But um, we're not going to talk about politics um, or either of their specific politics right now. I do want to talk about her stream and why I thought it was important. So um, some details from the Polygon story. Britt, would you actually mind uh, reading these for me? So I, can I would up a little clippy? not mind. So it's hard. That's article i'm scolded at tarticle and like no article title eh. anyway aoc's record-breaking twitch stream is the future of politics for multiple stories via polygon on tuesday night noted gamer and congresswoman aoc streamed hit game among us to over four hundred thirty thousand viewers nearly a million if we take into account the streams from her twitch youtube and facebook gaming co-stars such as pokemane and valkyrie 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 got it valkyrie valkyrie either way Ray. AOC's Among Us stream now holds the distinction of having the third highest number of concurrent viewers ever on a single person's person's Twitch stream. The goal? To encourage people to vote in the 2020 election, specifically calling out the DNC's voter participation site, IWillVote.com. Playing alongside AOC were U.S. Rep. Ilhan Omar and popular streamers like Pokimane, Dr. Lupo, and Hassan Abi. There we go. Nailed it. Uh, AOC's debut Among Us stream is now within the top five most viewed individual streams in Twitch's history. For reference, the top spot is held by Canadian musician Drake and Fortnite streamer Tyler Ninja Blevins, whose stream hit a record 635,000 viewers. To put into context, an enormous Bernie Sanders rally in New York City in 2019 drew a crowd of 26,000 people. Such attendance rates, along with a palpable enthusiasm online with young voters, made the recent Sanders campaign feel like a movement. All right. And a single off-the-cuff online event with AOC encouraging people to vote blew those rally numbers out of the water. This is what is possible when a modern tech-savvy politician attracts not just supporters, but fandom. Whoa. And I think that's what's so cool about what happened. Putting it into context with the Bernie Sanders rally, knowing just how much Bernie invigorated the voting base in specific parts of the United States and thinking about a crowd of 26,000 people and then thinking about an online crowd of over 300,000 people watching to think not only speaks to the way that we can connect virtually with each other, particularly in the time of the pandemic, but also through a platform that connects us like Twitch does and how we all love gaming together and people really form bonds and communities around Twitch. And so I think it's great that she streamed. I think it's great that she was encouraging people to vote. I did see some criticisms, some from from some people, including uh, friends of the show, Khalif Adams with Spawn on Me and Zombie Kill, saying they wish they would have seen more political commentary from AOC in the stream. And I understand and absolutely appreciate that desire to want to have more discussion. But I think she did the right thing by dipping her toe in the water, keeping it relatively high level, saying voting is important, register to vote, make sure you pay attention to your local elections, which is something I try to preach as well and something she said, because those local elections are usually far more impactful in your day-to-day life than the presidential election is. And then focus on the games and focus on the camaraderie. And there's nothing wrong with focusing on politics, but I think for her first big stream on the platform... Maybe, you know, doing just a little bit of politics and a lot of games is a good entry point for most people. And then as she continues to stream, which I hope she does, we don't know if she will or not, um, 
that she can, you know, hopefully inject more meaningful conversations because you can't really have a meaningful conversation with chat. If you guys saw the chat and what was happening in that chat that night. So I mean, it's hard in general with, with, with games like among us too, right? Like they're all about deception and you're like trying to figure like (laughs) your brain is active playing that game. Um, so it would be hard to be like, Oh, get the message out or whatever. I, I think that this is smart in the sense that it also makes her granted. I always thought she was very relatable and like, um, approachable, but if you were maybe in the camp of not liking her for whatever reason, I do think things like this can help turn that around a little bit. Speaking right. of that, Patreon supporter Andrew Cotton has a question for us, ladies. Mm-hmm. Has AOC's impressive number of viewers made gaming and streaming a must-do for any politicians going forward? I don't think so. Yeah. And I especially think it, it won't work for a lot of people. Um, but I think she is you know hip enough or whatever like she definitely <laughs> has talked about games before right so this doesn't feel like it's completely out of left field for her to do this um whereas i think any honestly like i don't see any of the republican party doing this anytime soon <laughs> i was thinking it's definitely that going too. to be a much more liberal tactic for people where it makes sense yeah I, I just i don't think it'll be like oh standard now now we all make a twitch channel and we all try and recruit some of the biggest streamers on twitch and youtube and facebook to amplify our message which is vote yeah (laughs) and when you look at those numbers i mean 430,000 viewers that's a lot of audience reach and going to that i don't see how you could not consider that i mean i think they'll certain politicians that for who it makes sense will probably look at this as like oh so you mean if we really connect with that younger that younger crowd the millennials and whatnot if you will maybe you know we can reach them and maybe we can try to have a conversation that doesn't seem so intimidating when it comes to voting and politics and what you can do to get your voice out there and how you can connect with uh, your community and try to make a change within your community and I think it's just really neat. I mean, it feels like forever politicians have always. I know, it, yeah. Real I quick, it, it was always. It was really funny watching her play this because I'm like, oh my god, this is a game, and this is kind of tied to the point I'm making, where you go around and you lie to people and you kill people and you try to convince people that other people are the bad people and politicians in general i've always feel it's had this vendetta against video games right it causes violence it's a waste of time maybe not too many years ago president trump was trying to tie in the uh, was it the parkland high school shooting in with video games and so it's yeah. it's very recent and it's still happening in today's world unfortunately so to see a politician come in and embrace video games and understand the impact that interacting with this medium can have with the future of this country i think is incredibly smart and i think she handled it in a very tactful manner it didn't feel tacky it didn't feel like she was just shoving politics on your throat the whole time so i think this was a good first step yeah for sure i'm but i will say i, I don't think any politician should look at this and be like well if we do that we're gonna get the same result no like, no you won't no you won't <laughs> uh like she already had the benefit of having a really she has a very strong social media presence that social media presence is what afforded her the ability to get people like pokimane um toast dr lupo dr lupo yeah. Those are all people who are aware of her and like her politics, which obviously do lean a little bit more toward the younger crowd. Um, and so it, it it worked, right? Like it's sort of like lightning in a bottle. Like you, I don't think any politician moving forward would necessarily have the same kind of start on Twitch unless like fucking Joe Biden does it, which would be hilarious. <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. I, I mean, you just tune in because you'd be like, he doesn't know how to play this game. Throw him into yeah, his animal crossing. I just watch him like stick around. Like, how do I do this? I don't know. <laughs> Running across funny. all of the flowers. Trampling yeah. his yeah, yeah, animal, yeah, crossing animal crossing island. 
Yeah. yeah. Pretty funny. Yeah, what I agree to be alive. with everything you said, Britt. I mean, I think you said it very, very well. I do want to remind people the website that AOC was promoting, IWillVote.com. If you guys want to check that out, IWillVote.com is about voter participation. Of course, it is about the Democratic National Party uh, because she is a member of the Democratic Party. So just so you are aware of that. But hopefully you guys have made your voting plan. I have already voted. I'm I very excited. Voted too. Yes, all three Yay! of us voted. Hey, Virtual yeah. high fives. Yay. Yeah. And um, if you guys need more information about the local races in your state, Ballotpedia is a great place to go. Or, of course, you can go to your state's Secretary of State website and get all of the details there. All right. Moving on. 2K has come <sighs> under fire for adding unskippable in-game ads to full price NBA 2K21 a month after its release. I feel like uh, oops, this is just like a never-ending thing with 2K and 2K NBA 2K. So this story comes from Eurogamer, and there have been a couple of updates. So 2K added recently unskippable advertisements into the full price Basketball Sims pre-game loading screens across all platforms. The ads hit the game just a month after the launch on PC and current-gen consoles ahead of the planned PS5 and Xbox Series X release. 2K has a bad reputation for the monetization of its NBA franchise. In August of 2019, European video game age rating organization Peggy said it was very aware that NBA 2K20 got too close for comfort to teaching players gambling after it received a complaint about a controversial casino trailer. 2K had released a trailer for NBA 2K20 on YouTube that highlighted casino-style elements in the game, such as a slot machine minigame and a Wheel of Fortune minigame. <laughs> Commenting on the insertion of in-game ads into NBA 2K21, a Redditor called Riddle Gaming 21 said, I truly don't know what to do or say anymore. A monopoly for a single genre of video games, basketball. Honestly, I don't even think there's a way to make you want to play anymore and that truly upsets and disappoint me disappoints me this is just one of many many upset people another one pandrew bear 92 this in, <laughs> this is sorry no one's gonna take you seriously it's a oh. it's a it's a funny name this infuriated me earlier <laughs> i saw an ad for oculus come up and was so dumbfounded i just sat there why when you pay 70 quid for a game should you be subject to them making more money off of you when you paid for the final product they're literally making money off of us after we've paid them in full for the product how is that okay <laughs> That is a great question, Pandrew Bear. The update to the story on Eurogamer says that 2K has issued a statement on the unskippable ads, suggesting their placement was a mistake. Um, <coughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, in a statement that was issued on Twitter, 2K said that the ad sparked a backlash earlier this week and it impacted our players' experience in a way we didn't intend. What? As these ads are not meant to run <laughs> as part of the pregame introduction. This is the hilarious part, as the ads were not meant to run as part of the pregame introduction, but they were meant to run at some point. Absolutely. Where had, were they meant to go? <laughs> I honestly, I honestly do not know, but they promise it will be fixed in future episodes of, of 2K TV. But here's the thing, like, <laughs> why? Why would you put freaking ads inside of a video game that you charge people for that's the stuff that you see in free-to-play games yes. because the devs team needs to get paid somehow right and there's a lot of us out there that enjoy free mobile apps and we don't mind watching a 30 or 60 second ad yeah because we know we didn't pay for the app and the, the devs need to get paid but mm -hmm. like when you're charging full price mm -mm. 
Not okay. Best not be putting freaking ads in there. Mm. Oh, you're speaking mm. to the Preach. heavens. Yeah, this is just fucked up. It's just, just one of those things of, we need more money. Oh no, how did that get in there? Oh, silly ass, we didn't mean to do that. Let's just quietly remove that. Oh no, how how dare we do such a terrible thing? It's like, you knew what you were doing. Get out of here. Got called out on it. Yeah, like, nasty. This thing went through QA. Like, people nasty. knew the speecher was there. Like, this was... <laughs> There is no land in which this was just an oops. Like we just forgot or like we just accidentally built out these. <laughs> just, yeah. IGN. Like it requires somebody to build it. I know. It's all like it, it just there. got And in also there. make sure, yeah, like like it's QA'd like, so it's not broken. After everything that we've seen from the video game community regarding advertisements and microtransactions and how it's really been whipped into a frenzy since Battlefront 2 days, right? Mm. Well, those were the days. How do you not, as a publisher, listen to what the community has very explicitly told you what they will and will not accept (laughs) in detail (laughs) and then say, you know what? They're not going to mind. Let's just shoehorn these ads in there. Anyway, I just like, uh, I just need We can always go back on it later. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. IGN has a little bit. What else are they going to play? IGN has a little bit more info that shows how nasty this is. So the loading screens themselves are long. Oh, the loading screens are longer than the ads themselves on PS4 and Xbox One with no option to skip the advertisements given until after they've been finished being shown. And NBA 2K21 does offer the option to interact while matches are loading, allowing you to edit your lineups, but that option is unavailable while the commercial plays. It's just... Amazing. (laughs) I mean, like, the only... Uh, I'm like, were, you in, if, were they making a free-to-play version of this and then they didn't edit back? I don't know. Yeah, there's no, never been a free-to-play no. version of NBA 2K's franchise as far as I'm aware, particularly on console and PC. Um, so, yeah. yeah overall, yeah. this is just like a, a giant stumble. And don't a do giant, this. A this is gross. Not good. A giant backwards leap for all basketball player kind. Yeah, and it's a bummer because it's a standout game in a sea of sports games that don't really do a lot for basketball and they've done a lot of things really right and also done a lot of things really wrong hopefully they can find their way hopefully somebody on the marketing team at 2k goes yo dogs let's not do this again i feel like someone probably did say that and then someone up the very top was like but think of the money like all right you have the decision power it's not worth losing that fan allegiance you know it's but apparently not everybody thinks that way yeah True that Bobby Kodak doesn't care. Not that Bobby he's, Kodak he's not involved in this. I'm just saying no. I can see, I can see him being the type to be like whatever, <laughs> whatever increases my dividends. Correct. Oh, rich people. Um. <laughs> all right, let's move on, shall we? With something that is actually a little bit more positive, and oh. in fact yeah. is quite interesting. So this is a story that I pulled because I am personally very interested in this feature even though I haven't got to see it in action yet. So Ubisoft announced a new feature called Ubisoft Connect. And it's a next-gen Uplay feature that has cross-progression, hooray, finally, (laughs) and (laughs) digital rewards. So this story comes from IGN. And I'm just going to kind of gloss over some of the finer details and just kind of hit the high points. So I bullet-pointed this just a little bit. If you guys do want to learn the full story, of course, visit IGN.com. 
Ubisoft Connect will be available on all platforms and work with all Ubisoft games, starting with Watch Dogs Legion, and will be a program where players can earn exclusive rewards. With a single button press, you're going to be able to pull up a refreshed in-game overlay on PC and consoles that features all of your standard overlay toolkits. Ubisoft Connect will provide smart intel, which is a feature that delivers gameplay tips and videos based on a player's game activities, not unlike the new game help feature that we saw in that PS5 UI video. Also included is a points-based reward service where players can tackle time-limited and community challenges to earn rewards and then exchange the earned points for exclusive digital goods. These can be cosmetics like skins or weapons or also XP buffs. Ubisoft Connect will fully embrace cross-platform features including cross-progression from... It says full cross-progression, so I have to assume that that means if, if the platform is included and you can play the game on it, that counts. It also has a cross-platform friends list and stats and leaderboards. And IGN believes that the most exciting part for players will likely be tied to rewards, which can be earned by completing challenges through Ubisoft Connect on any Ubisoft games. At launch, they're going to unlock over 1,000 legacy Ubisoft Club rewards for free to all players. So more rewards can be introduced through Ubisoft Connect. It's going to be available on Windows, Xbox One, Series X and Series S, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Nintendo Switch, and will be released on October 29th when Watch Dogs Legion is playable. Oh my goodness. Patreon supporter. Watch Dogs was coming out like next week. Javin Mather wants to know, what do you see being the most useful aspect of Ubisoft Connect? For me, the cross progression is absolutely it. The idea that I can take all of the hours that I've now dumped into Assassin's <laughs> Creed Odyssey and then play Assassin's Creed Odyssey when I want to on my PlayStation 5 yeah. and bring all of my progress with me is really all I've ever wanted. All <laughs> I ever wanted. I want like every every publisher every, to, yeah, do this. Everyone to do it. <laughs> Please. Like, because you, Ubisoft Play is something that I've used a lot. I've redeemed rewards in Rainbow Six Siege. I've redeemed them in The Division, in Assassin's Creed. I play a ton of Ubisoft games, and I love that they reward you just for playing. All you have to do is make an account, and then you're logged in when you play, and you just earn credits in the background. You can shop for cool cosmetics in the store. And so I think that it's really cool that they're saying, hey, we want to incentivize you to play Ubisoft games by giving you free stuff just for playing. And I'm a big fan of free stuff. I mean, who isn't? Who isn't? I, yeah, I mean, that's obviously very cool. I'm really curious. And like this article mentioned, PlayStation 5's UI is doing this too. The smart Intel and the help features. It looks like this is going to be a hip, cool new thing in the next generation. And I'm curious to know how well it's really going to work. I think the idea is they don't, you know, we've talked about this before, like during loading screens or whatnot, you hop on your phone, you get distracted. Or maybe, you know, if you're hopping on your phone because you're stuck in a certain spot and you get distracted by social media, by another YouTube video, XYZ, XYZ. I think they're trying to keep you locked in on the console itself. So if you have a question, how helpful is this new tip tool shenaniganry going to be? Is it really going to help me with where I'm stuck or am I still going to have to go to like a YouTube video or a walkthrough? Uh, I'm really curious to know how that, how well that's going to work. I think it's going to obviously depend on the game, but as a publisher, Ubisoft has been above and beyond a lot of other publishers in making content for the YouTube audience. I think you look at some of the stuff that somebody like Yusuf is making, or even like Chris Waters is making. There's a bunch of people on the content team over at Ubisoft that's doing a lot of cool things. 
online. And I love that they're taking uh, time to invest not only in their own internal talent and giving them opportunities to make cool content, but they're saying, hey, we're giving them inside access before we anybody else gets it. And so I know that there's been a little bit of a debate and a concern that I had when this feature was debuted during the PS5 UI video was my first concern was, wow, it seems like publishers are maybe coming for YouTube content creators a little bit. You know, the one of the biggest sections of YouTube and has been for a very long time, something that I actually started out in on YouTube is walkthrough content. Mm -hmm. Mahalo Video Games, the very first outlet I ever worked at full time, specialized and was one of the pioneers, in fact, of walkthrough videos for video games on YouTube. And it's a huge part of the VODs that are part of YouTube gaming online. And so I don't think that publishers like Ubisoft making content is going to detract from content creators overall, but I do think it's going to be interesting to kind of see the give and take. I, what I really would love is for not only the platforms, but for publishers like Ubisoft to work with content creators. And Ubisoft has quite a bit in the past, in fact, to say, hey, we want to uplift these voices who have been making content around our games for a decade now. Oh, that would be cool. If some of your con favorite content creators could work on a specific game, maybe, and then they would like take charge of that walkthrough part of it, that'd be kind of fun. Do it, Ubisoft. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Cool. Do you run a publisher? Make it happen. Make it happen. At first I thought so Ubisoft Connect... Publishers listen to our show. Oh, yeah. But... At first I thought Ubisoft Connect was another live stream, and then I was confused, and then I realized, oh no. So I just can't keep track oh, of all these names, ladies. Ubisoft Forward, I think. Forward, there's yeah. Connect, the EA Play, or didn't they just words. change their name? I, Nintendo yeah. Direct, yeah. yeah. State of Play. Everybody's got their own thing now. True, yeah. Xbox has like 10. Oh, well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Also, I did not realize, yeah, Watchdogs next week, man. Worstergs. Worstergs. Because that's a game I want to play on new consoles. Mm -hmm. but I have to start it, you know, on current gen, and then I want to be able to bring my progression. Yeah, it's yeah, so exciting. Yeah, you've said it's real pretty for you there, Andrea. So okay, Andrea, are you we anticipated this need? We covered this a little bit on the Monday show. How excited are you about Aiden Pierce in this game? Do you care? Do not care about Aiden Pierce at all. Fair I actually enough. did not really care for the first Watch Dogs. Mm. I only played about. 15 to 20 hours of it and then I was like this is this doesn't feel like it's for me I just felt like the story didn't grab me as quickly as I really wanted it to narratively I played a little bit more of Watch Dogs 2 and I don't know if that's because it was set in San Francisco and I was living in San Francisco at the time and so I felt a little bit more of like a kinship to like a lot of the ge geography that you know that you got to play in um, but this one I think seems really exciting to me because of the the legion part of it right you get to make your own team and you kind of get to choose how you want to play i just find that a little bit more exciting but yeah i didn't i didn't care do you, are you a big aiden fan no nah, man i started the first watchdogs so i'm like too many buildings can't do it yeah. <laughs> Fair like yeah. i must be spider-man if there's going to be this many buildings yeah yeah i need something going on but uh, it was never <laughs> for me but yeah i think i am interested in this uh obviously this one coming up because of the legion aspect and the more you've talked about it the more Rhea's talked about it i'm like okay i, I can see the appeal a little bit more i think i can yeah. i think i can fuck with it we'll see you Ooh. next week <laughs> we'll see well hmm. all right then moving on 
We have some just little tidbits to let you know about Halloween that's happening. So you guys may have realized that it's almost Halloween. Of course, we have been streaming spooky games, but lots of games, a special Halloween events. Have you ladies been partaking in any Halloween events across any games? Nope. No. No. Just, no, just, just spooky, you. Just spooky games? Just you, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, you guys know that I've been building lots of pumpkin things in Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm very much looking forward to that. But <laughs> one of the other games that I'm looking forward to checking out is Call of Duty Warzone's The Haunting of Verdant. Ah. So this is a really cool thing that Call of Duty is doing. They're actually featuring some very well-known spooky characters like Sam. Whoa. Did I just see the saw guy? No, saw. Saw guy. What's that? I don't know what's what's the puppet's name. Oh, God. What is his name? The. I know that. The fuck. What is it? Shit. Okay. To Google. Hold on. We'll so. look it up. But I have a trailer playing now. And of course, no. we have the uh, the guy from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The Jigsaw also, Killer. The Chainsaw Killer. So if playing in a battle royale wasn't, you know, stressful enough, now you've got. Now you've got these really scary things happening. And then they've added a mode called Zombie Royale. So if you guys want to kind of get that spirit and essence of Call of Duty Zombies, but in Warzone, you can check out what's happening in The Haunting of Verdansk, which is awesome. And they have a bunch of cool cosmetics and a bunch of things that are running through, I believe, the first or second week of November. And then there, of course, is more to come in other events. We've got Fortnite Mares happening in Fortnite. So they are doing (laughs) very, very clever. They're also doing cosmetics. Uh, Fort Honor has special Halloween event. Hyperscape is having a Halloween event. Overwatch has special Halloween skins. Borderlands 3 is doing a Halloween event. Um, There's also a Halloween event happening in Destiny 2. The Festival of the Lost is going on. Um, There's basically... Lots of Halloweeny spooky things that you guys Halloween. can do. You said weenie. I did say weenie. It's <laughs> it's true. I did. I said I said weenie. Um, but I wanted to bring that up because we know that it's a little bit of a bummer that we can't go to costume parties or hang out with friends or take your kids trick-or-treating because of the pandemic this year. But there's lots of ways to celebrate online. So hopefully you can partake in one of these fantastic opportunities. And who knows? Maybe What's Good Games will have a stream on Halloween. Spooky. I finally put up my Halloween town, Spookyville. (gasps) Oh, you did? Did you post any photos? I haven't yet. I need to. I need to get on it. But it was, uh, we need to stop buying buildings. It has to come to an end. Because okay. it's so much how many, fucking How work. many buildings are you at? I need well, to know we, how many. Well, we have three tables full of shit. So we have wow. a big, like, pub table and then two of the pong tables um, full of stuff. And it's fun setting up, but taking that shit down and putting it into boxes is the biggest pain in the ass in the world, especially because then we have a whole bunch of Christmas shit we put out, like the Christmas villages. You know? It's a whole thing. Yeah. You know, for somebody who doesn't like buildings... <laughs> Uh, you got me. an awful lot of money on them. Oh, you got Ooh, me, Simon. She got you there. She did. I, I got nothing. I don't like fist bumping that hand because it has your ring on it. <laughs> it hurts. Dang. Well, I'm just going to go shrink over here in my chair now. It's fine. No, you're good. You're good. But it was a fun, it was a fun friendly burn. Oh, it was great. 
I know. But I think I like, right. yeah, I like Spookyville, though, Sam, because it's a bunch of dead things and zombies and yeah, yeah, yeah. evil I, clowns. I'm just, I'm just teasing you. Relax. Oh, I know. I know. You don't I'm just need to justify along. your purchases to me. I'm just trying to play along. Jeez. But apparently I read that all wrong. Okay, fine. No, you're great, Britt. But I do yeah, want I do want some photos. I want to yeah. see the spooky, the spooky okay. town. Of course. Okay. Great. That's going to do it for the news for this week. That's right. It's a light news week. It feels great. Mm. Um, we do have some other things we'd like to talk about, like our 200th episode celebration. But before we get to that, I have a word from one of our sponsors that helps make What's Good Games possible. And that sponsor is Honey. Y'all know I love honey. I talk about honey all the time. It is just a simple way to save money. And these days, we're all doing online shopping because it's safe. You don't have to put a mask on. They deliver stuff right to your door. And that's where Honey comes in. It's the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and automatically tests them when you're checking out. It's basically your online shopping best friend. So here's how it works. You install the extension. In your browser, I use Chrome. It's super easy. When you go to check out, a little window pops down and says, run coupons. And then you hit the, hit the button and then Honey scours the internet for coupons and then applies them to your cart. And boom, you save money too. Britt, you recently saved some money with Honey, didn't you? I did. So my little cousin's second birthday just came up and I decided to get him, I don't know if you ladies have heard it, it's called the Step 2 Roller Coaster. And essentially... It's like a b- bunch of big plastic pieces, and it's like a little roller coaster for kids. Anyway, it's the, all the hotness. I had never heard of it before, but these things are not cheap whatsoever. So I got the very last one that was in stock, and I added it to my cart, and then the little honey thing popped up, and it was like, hey, do you want to save some money? I said, why, yes, honey, I do. And then I clicked on it, and I saved $22. Wow. That's yeah. a great amount of money. 22 it bucks. It was. And then he loved it, and the present was a hit. And I felt like a cool auntie, even though he's my cousin, but you know how that works. Anyway, it was a good time. Thank you, honey. Honey has found its over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. And Honey supports all kinds of retailers, from tech and gaming sites to fashion brands to even food delivery. And it's simple, you guys. If you've got a computer, Honey should be on it. It's free and works with whatever browser that you use. You can get Honey for free by going to joinhoney.com slash what's good today that's joinhoney.com slash what's good so they know that what's good game sent you joinhoney.com slash what's good and thank you to honey for supporting today's episode when we were thinking about preparing for episode 200 because of everything going on in the world we didn't want to do anything over the top but we thought it would be fun to kind of take a look back at where we've come from and look at maybe some of our fun numbers and of course hear from some people in our community Absolutely. So, <clears throat> clear my throat for this one. So, I have pulled our total YouTube views and our total podcast downloads. And I want to start with the YouTube Ooh, views. This you is ladies- exciting. I haven't even looked at these numbers. Yeah, it's it's pretty fucking cool. Do any of you want to take a guess as to how many total YouTube views do you think we've gotten since we launched in May of 2017? Ooh. Um, I do not want to guess. I could, I could, I think I have a rough idea of podcast downloads, but YouTube, that's such a wild card. I would say 500,000. 2.4 million. Wow. That's views awesome. Views on YouTube. I know. I was like, oh my God, oh, that's so cool. And just when my panties were starting to get in a tight bunch over that, I looked at our total podcast downloads. Fancy, I guess. Mm-hmm. I know it's over 10 million because the last time I okay. looked, 
We had we had a bunch. Okay, you're not wrong. So give me like give me a number, like a guess down to like the final number. I want like oh, a very boy. thorough it, guess. Are these prices right rules? What's yeah, it? sure. Um, let's go for. See now, if you, if you say a number that's too high, I know. And then, I want to go. I want to go ten point five. No, I'm gonna go eleven million two hundred forty-seven thousand six hundred and fifty. Oh, you were close. 11,224,505 total wow. audio downloads. That was actually... <laughs> Damn! Yeah. really close. But, yeah. I got, but I lost because I went over. Well, okay, yeah. we're not doing prices <laughs> right <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Thanks, Derek. Yeah, I know we're not. But isn't that really fucking cool? It almost yeah, looks like it's cool. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot. A lot. That is. That's awesome. And that's all because of everybody listening to the show. Thank you so much for, for supporting us. And thank you, Brittany, for pulling those. It's been tough trying to keep track of our total <laughs> podcast numbers because we've switched hosting platforms now oh, yeah. three times since yeah. we've launched. It was a trip down memory lane to go back to Libsyn. I tell you what. <laughs> oh, Libsyn. Oh, those were the days. No, they weren't. Libsyn was not great. Um, but now we're on Megaphone and everything's awesome. Thanks, Rooster Teeth. You've been helpful. So... One of the things that we've kind of done over the years is we've requested you guys to give us testimonials, to let us know how you feel. We, back during our anniversary earlier this year, a bunch of you sent in some really kind and wonderful videos about us. And if you guys missed that community video, it's up on our YouTube page. But Britt, you pulled some fun kind of memories as well. Yeah, so some of these came from our Patreon community. Some of them came from your post on Twitter, Andrea. And so I thought it would be fun just to kind of look through some of these little kind words and memories. So the first one comes from Gabe Hewitt. Gabe says, I just wanted to share that we're all absolutely spoiled to have gotten 200 episodes from you all. Thank you for bringing your wonderful voices and entertainment to our days. Here's 200 more. Which I thought was really sweet. Thanks, Gabe. And Official Prime 6 shared some of their favorite memories from the past 200 episodes, the first one being our Red Dead Redemption 2 stories. They said it was clear how much the exploration and immersion meant to you, especially Brit. Yes. Speaking of Red Dead Redemption 2, I wanted to pull this up and I forgot. Our very top episode, ladies, because I pulled this too, of, of all okay. of our episodes we've ever done was the episode that we released Friday, August 10th, 2018. And it was the Red, Redemption, Red Dead Redemption 2 gameplay reveal. So Ooh. that one is our most downloaded episode of all time. That was also the show where Fortnite finally came to Android. And now it's only on Android. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so we, was, had, we had that SEO working in our we favor. We were doing like, it. Yeah. <laughs> I was playing Octopath Traveler. Simer was playing Nino Kuni 2. And Andrea oh. was playing Destiny 2. Oh, shocking. <laughs> I, I thought that was funny. <laughs> I was like, hey, who would have playing JRPGs? Andrew is still playing freaking <laughs> Destiny 2. This is on brand for all of us. <laughs> no, good to know a lot hasn't changed in two years. Um, Official Prime 6 says, Andrea's story arc regarding Animal Crossing is so wholesome and perfect. It made them pick up a copy and enjoy it quite a bit in the, string, in the spring. And when Steimer and Andrea explained the plot of Tiger King to me, it made them seem totally crazy. <laughs> oh my crazy. god, I forgot about that. <laughs> that was a fun episode. Oh my god, Ree was on that episode, yeah, wasn't she? She sure was. Yes. Oh my gosh, that was a that was a trip. That was a good time. Oh my gosh. And Don Alucino wants to know if we've had a favorite moment over the course of the past two hundred episodes. <sighs> I mean, nothing that like sticks out. Obviously, that's typical for me. Um, but. <laughs> I mean, there's just been a lot of, of moments. I, I really enjoy getting to hang out with, with my friends basically once a week. It's, mm -hmm. been, it's been good times. It has been. I would be lying, though, if I said I didn't miss our sleepovers. 
Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. Those were really fun. Getting in onesies. Having you guys come up to San Francisco and and stay for a couple of days was really fun. Ordering food in and then going out to dinner, like late dinners after recording the show. Oh, Cheesecake Factory. That Cheesecake Factory bar. Yes. <laughs> Oh, uh, Pachi's, yeah. We did that only like once, I think, but it was really good. That oh. one steakhouse we would go to in downtown San Mateo. Oh, shit, that steak was good. Yeah. Is Pachi's the pizza place where they accidentally put salt on yes. Andy's yes. drink? Yes, okay. Yes, it was. <laughs> okay, wow. that aside, the pizza itself is very good. But yes, it the is. bartender got got with a with a bin that said sugar but was salt. <laughs> it was a giant it was a giant Tupperware. So for people who are kind of a little lost, so uh, Pachi's is a Chicago-style deep-dish pizza place in San Francisco. They have a couple of different locations. They opened one in in San Mateo, um, which is where John and I moved to after we moved out of the city to be closer to PlayStation. And we were sitting at the bar, and I believe we had ordered lemon drops yes. because oh, yeah. we had gotten inspired by Zyger <laughs> buying us lemon drops um, at PSX at one time. We were like, let's get lemon drops. And so the bartender made us lemon drops and then dropped them off. And a lemon drop is a vodka and it's basically like a vodka lemonade, but in a martini. Delicious. And it has sugar around the rim of the martini glass. And we got them and it was definitely not sugar. It was definitely (laughs) salt around the rim. And we were expecting a very sweet drink and instead got Got a mouthful of salt. Yeah, which Which, was not know, I enjoy salt, but not. Not like, not like that. Not that. when you're expecting not sugar, like right? No, no, that was not a great surprise. We got some discovery. more warm and fuzzies. One of them from Tyler McCall who said, love every PAX moment that I've had with you guys. And honestly, my favorite bits are literally the friends I've made in the community. You guys have the best community on the internet and it's been such a blast to watch it grow. Rebecca Kenneth echoes that and says, not really a moment or a memory, but joining the What's Good Games Facebook group has been such a positive influence in my life. It's so nice to have a community that I can rely on to talk about gaming, but also any other crazy antics. Everyone has been so kind, welcoming, and a complete joy to talk to. Oh, that's so nice. I know. I feel like this is so nice. It's like a little circle jerk. I love it. Um, the next one. <laughs> the next one comes Way to from. Take something sweet and make it gross. <laughs> That's what I do. That's my charm. Comes from Fender. He says, I discovered What's Good Games at PAX West during your gaming habits panel. I immediately binged the entire archive and have listened to all 199 episodes. My enthusiasm wow. for games had been on the decline, but you introduced me to so many great games and genres. I'm so thankful to have experienced. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet too. I know. And Gary brings up the forest floor flavor segment. Forest floor flavors. Yes. Yeah. Flavors. Forest, forest, that was a hard one. It still the, makes Gary smile line. to this day. That was a good time. Yeah, you know the wine tasting. I have to say, I do miss mm-hmm. the wine tasting, even though like I didn't like it one bit. I didn't like the wine. <laughs> you always lied though. You lied through your teeth. And you said you were like, it's good. Oh, that's, that's totally oh, yeah. that's good. I, like, I like it. <laughs> my, my whole mouth was like inverting in on itself because yeah. so good. Your face is contorted. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. Good. I and like the last it. one I, we have is from Barbie Games, who says, I love how accepting and welcoming What's Good Games is and how inclusive and diverse the community is, as well as the team. The moment I started watching the vids you ladies put out, which was only a few months ago, I knew this community was something I wanted to be a part of. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you, Barbie Games. It's been uh. such a journey thinking back to where we started at that first WGG con 
out at the kitchen table oh, and yeah. going, what is this thing going to be? What do we want to make it become? And looking at, you know, how we've grown and how we've changed and, you know, how we've kind of adapted to what's happening this year specifically. Um, it's it's just amazing. And you guys reaching out and saying these things really means a lot to us. I think it really keeps us going because like most creators, you know, we get a little fatigued from the creation. And I think anybody who makes content around one of their passions is always going to hit that point where they're like, hey, I want my passion to be something I don't lose passion for because I have mm -hmm. to do so much work around it. And that's always been a balance for us as creators who talk about video games of a week, the idea that I can't play Destiny 2 every week because <laughs> I have to talk about other stuff on the podcast. But also remembering, you know, that I love making the podcast. And more importantly, I just, I love hanging out with you two. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a good time. And the community yeah. we built, too, is just, I think that's the ultimate warm and fuzzy. When you see these comments of people feeling like they found a place where they can belong, they can be themselves, they don't have to hide behind this facade of being someone they're not in order to feel like they can be a part of a community. It's just really special. And I think that's something, you know, all of us can probably relate to in some way, shape, or form, whether it was when we were younger, at school, or whatnot. You always just want to feel like you can interact with people who share the same things as you the same same interests as you do so I think that's really special um speaking about how far we've come along I don't know I think Steimer you retweeted it Andrea I don't know if you saw it but on the what's good official Twitter account today I found a clip well I cut the clip of our very yeah. first video episode <laughs> and uploaded it and oh man like I gotta give us all a pat on the back and I know Andrea you do most of the producing for this but that was a hard technical feat to go from we're going to do an audio only show to holy shit we hit our patreon goal now we have to figure out how to do video with simer in la me in washington and y'all were in san francisco you and alexa but we'd made it we did it yeah it was oh boy those first videos were rough <laughs> chuckles man yeah i was interested because like my internet was not apparently very good i'm already like stuttering in the first few frames and the music <laughs> is like the music uh, is remixing like we're all like moving like this <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> oh my goodness yeah i mean we can't talk about that first video without giving a major thank mm. you and shout out to unnamed producer now not unnamed one john t drake who <laughs> without whom i should say what's good games would not have gotten off the ground True. technologically yeah mm -hmm. we had bold ideas for content that we would have had really <laughs> great you know pitch decks about maybe but actually making it happen and making it a piece of content that we could upload onto the internet to get out to all of you out there was literally made possible with the help of, of john so huge thank you and shout out to my wonderful husband for being there and being very patient. <laughs> oh, I mean, and he streamlined the whole process that when Andrea needs to take a week off, like even I can handle it. And that's saying something. Thanks, John. We should yeah, get him like wrote a little, us, like, our little fucking yeah. how-to yeah. document. Yeah. It was amazing. I know. Huh. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that John was actually editing most of the shows for the first couple of months because I just didn't know what I was doing. Um, I've been a video editor for a really long time and I don't edit a lot of video. I mean, I edit a lot more video now <laughs> since What's Good Games has been going. But, you know, most of my career, I did very light video editing. And I was doing a lot of producing, working with an actual professional editor whose job it is to edit full time. And so when we started What's Good and I had to take that on, 
I was proficient at editing the video, but learning how to do all of the audio editing was something that was a very big learning experience for me about how to use all of the different filters on audio, how to record, getting the microphone set up the right way. Learning mic discipline is something I think all of us have gotten a lot better at oh, <laughs> since man. episode one. Make out with it. Let's blah, get blah, blah. The two finger, the two finger rule: never be more than two fingers away from your microphone, everybody. Ah, oh, oh, if you're man. using this pers- specific kind of condenser microphone, I was going to say, yeah, not for every microphone, not for every microphone. Also, learning about microphone diaphragms. Hmm. Yeah, it's a whole maybe thing. someday we'll do a whole panel just on podcast technology. But anyway, <laughs> I wanted to make sure that he got a shout out. And there's one more person, of course, we need. Um, to, well, two more people, technically. Um, two more people to shout out. Um, Rihanna Manuel for being an amazing part of everything we've done. Um, I, I love that she went out of her way to say, I want to be a bigger part of What's Good Games. How can I be a bigger part of what you guys are doing? And we had a conversation about what her passions were, what her interests were. And you know, we found a way to make it work with her, her day job. And she's been an amazing part, not only of our community, but her voice on the show has been wonderful Mm -hmm. and her introducing us to other creators that we probably wouldn't have been able to work with because we just didn't know them um, has been wonderful as well and we're so happy that she's got her new job but of course just a tiny bit sad that she can't be as involved as she was but super excited that she has been a great part of what's good games in 2020 and then of course I have to give a shout out and thank you to Alexa Ray Korea for being there at the very beginning. Um, Some of our best memes and funny bits to this day came from when we were having, you know, laughs with Alexa. Like, as much as I hate you guys bringing up the freaking seal bit, (laughs) I mean, I still look back at that clip and remember being in that moment when (laughs) she pulled up Careless Whisper and Brittany's got the seal noises on her phone as I'm reading this dramatic read. And I just lost it. Oh my god! Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. no, she's a gem of a human, and I wish you know, you know, jobs in life pulls you in different directions, and I wish we could have worked with her a little bit more. But um, she seems like she's doing well, so I'm happy for her. And now she's just so funny. Looking back at some of those early clips on YouTube when we had like our husbando conversations, or she would, I would, you know, freak out over Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, like her voice is definitely miss, and she's a lovely human. But yes. Go, Alexa. You're kicking ass at what you're doing. You have a really cute, tiny new dog named Chip. Oh, yes. Yeah, if you guys want to see her little small chihuahua, you can follow her on Instagram. She posts lots of, lots of dog photos. Um, but also, um, I did want to give a behind-the-scenes shout-out to, to one Jason Demers, who also was very helpful. I know you guys don't see a lot of him. Many of you have met him at our What's Good Games meetups, but he was never as as prominent as John was um, being his hands involved in the actual production of the show but without him we never would have had the successful launch that we did so I know he's not around all the time for us to say hi to but I know he's always there in the background so he's always like have you considered this for your SEO have you thought about this for your marketing (laughs) your website Uh, yes dear I know he's adorable yeah thanks Jason you're great yeah order me some Chipotle (laughs) Okay, I'm done being mushy. Um, I know, I tried to like, it for- warp it up. But I was like, order me Chipotle, <laughs> Jason. I'm done being nice to you. No, that's not true. <laughs> you know, so you to get mushy, I, I get awkward. <laughs> You're like, I don't want it. I don't want this head to get too big. And that's going to do it for our first segment, everybody. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Steimer and I's co-op time in Ghosts of Tsushima Legends and Brit and I's co-op time in Phasmophobia. Stick with us. We'll be right back. 
All right, everybody, it's time for some quick announcements. As you know, Monday nights at 6 p.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash what's good games. We have been streaming for lights off. And this Monday is going to be our final spooky stream. And we're excited to be featuring one zombie kills in Dead by Daylight. Even Cyber's going to play. It's going to be great. Please join us at 6 p.m. Pacific time because we are raising money for our friends Steve Spawn and Able Gamers. We are not quite at our goal, and so we're going to really try to hit home on maybe seeing if we can hit our $5,000 goal this Monday. Maybe there'll be some stream rewards. Who could say? Plus, did I mention Steve Spawn? He's going to be our special guest on Monday's What's Good Games Live. If you guys have not seen any of the streams, if you missed our accessibility showcase during Gamescom, now is a great time to jump in. If you've got questions for Steve about all of the work that he does or just about some of the games he likes to play, you can write them at whatsgoodgames.com slash dearwgg. As we mentioned earlier on in the show, the Patreon streams are this weekend. The Happy Hour Q&A kicks off at 12 p.m. Pacific Time, and the After Hour stream is going to start at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. All of the details are at patreon.com slash whatsgoodgames. Welcome back, everybody. It is the second segment of the What's Good Games podcast. This is where we talk about what we've been playing. And this week, it's brought to you by HelloFresh. I have been obsessed with HelloFresh since we did our first read for them back in July, which is crazy to think it's been that long, but I've explored so many new recipes, you guys. Now, if you're wondering, what the heck is HelloFresh? Well, they offer a convenient delivery of food. Yes, the thing you need to eat every day. Right to your doorstep for easy home cooking for you and your family. The recipes are super easy to follow and quick to make with simple steps and pictures to guide you along the way. You can save 40% by using HelloFresh versus shopping at your local grocery store. And it's more convenient too. You don't have to put gloves on. You don't have to put a mask on. You can even just sit around in your underwear waiting for the box to arrive. It's great. <laughs> Plus, there's something for every eater out out there, including low-calorie, vegetarian, and even kid-friendly recipes. Over 90% of the ingredients are sourced directly from growers to ensure the freshest recipes are delivered right to your door. Also, they're pre-portioned, so you're not overbuying, which is a burden on the planet, and let's face it, your wallet. Raise your hands if you have thrown out food because you bought too much of it and you didn't eat it and it went bad. I expect every hand out there listening and watching the show to be raised because you know we've all done it. You've done it. HelloFresh helps prevent that by giving you those ingredients portioned exactly for what you need. Plus, the packaging that they use is made entirely from recyclable or already recycled content. And since they offset their operations, travel, and shipping emissions, HelloFresh's carbon footprint is 25% lower than store-bought grocery-made meals, which is awesome. Plus, they keep your fridge stocked by adding extra proteins or sides like garlic bread to your weekly order. So when you go to pick out your box on the website, they have a bunch of extra options. So if you're like, hey, 
I think I'm going to be extra hungry this week, or maybe I'm going to cook for Steimer this week. Then I can add extra items, and so I never have to worry about running out of food. It's just so convenient. And I know I mentioned this last time, but I want to mention it again. It's really been a great experience for me and John to cook together. Now, we didn't generally do a lot of cooking together because he was either working or I was working. We were both traveling. We were tired. We are eating a lot of takeout. Or if we were cooking at home, it was usually one of us cooking, but we didn't do a lot of cooking together. And HelloFresh has really changed that. And so I really am a big proponent of making time at meals to connect with those in your life. Plus, one more feel-good thing, everybody. HelloFresh has donated over 2.5 million meals to charity in 2019 alone. And this year, they're stepping up their food donations to local communities amid the coronavirus crisis. If you guys want to check out some of these delicious meals, like one of Brittany and I's favorites, the bulgogi meatballs. Oh, my mouth is watering just thinking about them. That bulgogi sauce is so delicious. You've got to go to hellofresh.com slash what's good 80 and use the code what's good 80 to get a total of $80 off across five boxes, including free shipping on your first box. That's hellofresh.com slash what's good 80 to use the code what's good 80. That's eight zero. So what's good eight zero to get a total of $80 off of five boxes, including free shipping on your first box. Trust me, your stomach will be happy. Time to talk about some fun co-op games. I think it's kind of great that we have two co-op games this week. The first one is a brand new mode that was debuted by Sucker Punch for Ghosts of Tsushima. So we heard about Legends back during a state of play a little while ago, and now it's finally out. It's a free update, so if you own Ghosts of Tsushima on PS4, you can play it for free. And Steimer and I played through the entire campaign oh, shit. together. We did. Yeah, we played through all... So the story campaign is for two people, mm-hmm. um, which... Luck, luck would have it. We we were two people. <laughs> I'm a person too. Yeah, two people. It was great. Um, so just some friends playing video games. Yeah. When you hop into the update, what it'll do, it'll kind of take you through a nice little story, like Sucker Punch usually does. Uh, and then you'll go through a mini tutorial, which basically just overviews the different classes that exist and what their special powers are, because you can really run around in a similar fashion. Um throughout all of the levels if you would like but the differences are really the specials uh that each class has so i played as a ronin which meant that at least for the beginning there's obviously uh, as you go through their individual skill trees you'll get different powers that you could potentially slot in uh but what you start with is a spectral dog which was so cute uh and i also my main ult was a heal for the group so very, I was like, I should be the healer just in case we need it. And uh, we needed it. So it was a good idea. You played the hunter, I believe. Yes, you were the hunter. Yes. Which is more of a bow focus, especially in the tutorial. Um, and if you want to talk a little bit about your powers. Yeah. So if you guys remember from the announcement trailer, there are four classes in the co-op mode. And there's also the survival mode, which we actually didn't get to try out. And in the co-op mode, I thought it was really interesting slash slightly annoying that you only got to pick one class and then you had to play through the entire campaign to unlock the other classes. Mm -hmm. So you kind of got to choose wisely at the beginning because you're stuck with that class the entire first run of the campaign. But thankfully, the campaign wasn't too long, which is How long would you say it is? But... Well, we played, we played probably it in a day. Yeah, we did it like in a single in a single session. So maybe like what three hours, four oh, okay, hours? Cool. Oh yeah, like 
Yeah, like four-ish, I think. Yeah, because we took a short like we took a food short break, break um, and then we came back and, and finished it out. But I really liked how they tied in a lot of the mechanics from the original game, though it was slightly frustrating that you ended the campaign as the ghost and you had all of the powers unlocked and then you get to the start of the co-op campaign and you have none of the powers unlocked. And I think the thing that Steimer and I both found to be a little bit challenging at first was that we got used to changing our stances based off who we are fighting and each of the classes is dedicated to a specific stance right four classes Mm. four stances so the class that you pick locks the stance that you have so i had wind stance i thought it was the weapon i had stone stance so like i think that's how you initially go into it however as you are playing through you will get more weapons You'll get drops and weapons yeah. for completing each section of the story um, and you can get swords that have different uh, that give you the ability to switch stances so i had a sword and i could switch to wind stance um, and then i had another sword i think it let me switch to two different stances but if you don't have those it's not like in regular ghost where you can switch your stance at any time once you've unlocked them oh. they are tied to weapons or your class so also the the four classes are samurai hunter Ronin and assassin um and each of them have like i said one light special skill that kind of helps you out and then one ultimate skill that really usually does some cool stuff like uh, andrea's was her <laughs> ultimate would headshot three enemies oh. on the screen and just kill them um so that that's pretty oh. cool it was pretty fun <laughs> yeah. uh, and then as you are going through none of the, the skill trees for each class are not i would say super robust or like super long but they will take you some time to get through and as you're going through each class tree you will be able to either unlock and and basically like tweak your character to be more of what you want to play as so for instance my my ult is uh is like basically like you like go up on your you like hover above the ground and shout some stuff in Japanese. And then uh, it heals you. And I, I picked it, it to heal us for eight seconds, but there was another option I could have unlocked eventually that would have ignited enemies on fire. Oh. Uh, and then there was like the last one, I think just gave me another slot to do to s- another option to slot a second legendary item. Cause I suppose once you actually get to that point of really gear grinding, you can only slot one legendary on your person at any time. Um, unless you select that slot but like i said we really needed we needed the help sometimes so i kept it to like an eight second heal after which was super clutch in a lot of moments um but i really like i i had a lot of fun with it um there were obviously like some general frustrations i think mostly when we got into buildings or areas that were a little close quarters and you felt a little bit discombobulated at times with yeah. the camera and with you. And there were definitely some times when I thought I didn't think, I never thought you were me, which was good. I think they're visually distinct enough. Oh yes, where, And you're also third person. I think that always helps, but um, it was more of like, you're fighting with the camera a little bit to try and get it to where you want to be. If you're fighting an enemy uh. and there's someone else there, it was just a little cumbersome at times. Is but. there a difficulty? Yeah, the camera controls. Sorry. Oh, sorry, okay, so was, was there a difficulty option? Do you guys just play on normal? you get to choose yeah so how it works is basically you'll run through the story campaign on is it it start with um silver oh bronze bronze okay so Mm -hmm. you start off you have to unlock everything with bronze then we did go through and then you basically have the option to um go through at different difficulty levels which will make the enemies a little bit harder a little bit faster have more health 
And we did play one of the chapters on silver mode afterwards to try and get our rewards. It did try to warn us to not play it, though. But we had finished the bronze campaign and the level we were each at, I think I was uh, like 34 or something. You were like 32 because it all it's all gear gated at that mm. point. It's not really about your level. It's more about what quality gear you have attached to your character. Right. Um, and so when we were trying to go into the silver mode, it told us, hey, you shouldn't do this. You're really underleveled. And we were like, eh, let's give it a try. I'm sure it'll be fine. And for the most part, it was, although Andrea jinxed us. And she was like, I feel like this this isn't that bad. And I was like, oh, no. And then sure enough, like, the, oh, second, yeah. the second time around, like, we got, there were so many what we called big boys. Uh, they were just like captains with really massive health bars that were pretty difficult to take down. Yeah, it's like when you see that enemy... Um, that has like the multi-segmented oh, health yeah. bar, that yeah. it, but the segments are really small because there's so many of them and you're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, you're like, uh, <laughs> mistakes were made. Yeah. But we did get through it and we were totally fine and we got new gear. So basically what the game is trying to encourage you to do is just gear grind mm-hmm. a little bit, go yeah. through, uh, unlock the other classes, get cosmetic items for them, have cooler weapons to slot. Like it's, it's that sort of a, a little gameplay loop for you. We did not get to try the survival mode that Andrea mentioned because uh, you need four people for that, mm. and we had to. So we were we were content to just do the story mode. I will say I thought the set design on the story mode was really interesting. It was creepy, which yes. actually is very appropriate for this time of year. Um, but it was just really cool and interesting. And while a lot of the level design was very familiar to you if you've played Ghost, I think the set design is different and feels so different. So what which is do cool. you do in this co-op campaign? You you are a ghost of Tsushima. So what's actually kind of fun is, you know how at the very beginning when this game came out, we were always fucking it up and calling it ghosts? Yes. Now you can say We that. are the ghosts of you Tsushima. You are ghosts of Tsushima. It actually says that once. Oh. There's a line in the game where it says that. Yes. I, I was like, ha ha, we are ghosts of Tsushima. Fucking finally. <laughs> <laughs> um... But what you'll do, basically, it'll drop you in. It'll do the the nice sucker punch. Here's their story. Here's what's going on. Uh, kind of like the watercolor stories that yes. the, the storyteller who did like the weapons. mythic tales. Oh, mythic. That's what it was called. Um, like, you know, that animation yeah. style that he would go into when he was telling the story of like where this mythic like suit of armor or weapon came from is kind of like that. Okay. Yeah, it's it's pretty. It really does feel more like you are being dropped into a storybook. Uh, I say that based on the set design too, like there are fantastical things in the world that would just not exist. Um, otherwise, <laughs> like they just, they wouldn't. Um, and so you'll be dropped in with you and your partner and you just kind of run through, through levels really. Um, it'll be like, it'll give you directive on where to go and what to do. It'll be like the story basically like, we'll lead you here and you will go and do X thing. It's a lot of similar stuff you did in ghost of Tsushima. So you'll be, killing fools left and right trying to hopefully not alert everybody just because it'll be difficult there were hostages at some point which we were both like we hate the hostages <laughs> so oh, gosh. It's so <laughs> worse because then you get that little skull icon like one of the guys is going to go kill the hostage and then you get stressed yeah. out that like your your like camera control is making you fight a guy and you're like no i must no. run over there to save yeah, the guy that's guy. about to stab the hostage yeah, so the, the hostages um, died is what you're saying sometimes just one time Brittany. just okay <laughs> they're uh, but the fun part too is like so you'll complete that part of the story and you'll warp through gates to be to basically like you skip all the crap where you're like running from point okay. A to point B it cuts a lot of that out yes um, and what's fun though is like while you're walking through essentially the loading screen 
you do still see the storyteller sitting on the bottom corner and like he'll, he'll be narrating to you as you walk through. So I'm glad you brought that up. I'm just going to cut in for just a second to talk a little bit about this storyteller because I looked up some details in case people were curious about what's happening. So the name Legends, um, it comes from a connection to the single player of ghosts in the way that it's a series of stories told by a storyteller in Sushima named Gyozen. So I'm reading this from a Game Informer article where they interviewed the creative director Nate Fox and Darren Bridges from Sucker Punch. So Gyozen, they write, is a sort of a gatekeeper of legends, and he's kind of the source of all the stories. When you're in a mission, you'll hear him speaking as a narrator. He's where legends sit and how it connects to ghosts. He, along with everyone on Tsushima, experienced the events of the Mongol invasion, and there was one huge event, and that's where they began seeing the Mongols start to get repelled by the ghosts and hear the stories about the ghosts himself. So it's really interesting how they kind of tie it all together and I I love that the Tory gates that you go through in each level again like kind of like cuts the unnecessary travel to and from each tale yeah. obviously like that exploration was beautiful in the game but when you're playing with co-op partners it's not the same solitary exploration experience <laughs> right yeah um piggybacking off that a little bit I'm like I had a point and then I Damn it. And I kind of think I may. Sorry. It's okay. I just, I was like, oh, wait, no, there was a thing. And then I thought I had it. And then it went away. It's gone. Well, maybe like it, it will come back It'll to come you. It'll come back, hopefully. But I've heard nothing but really great things about survival mode. People saying it's really fun to work together and play together. It's very, very much like a wave-based horde type mode. But I'm really interested in potentially going back and unlocking some of the other classes. I unlocked the assassin class next, which I believe you also unlocked. Uh, yes. And then, of course, you know, there's the other two. But the cosmetics are super fun, and there's definitely a lot of stuff to chase. And the fact that they baked all of this in oh, for free is amazing. Yeah, I, so I, I remember, I was like, haha, I remembered. So the, the other part where I was talking about how it slightly differs from the game is um, the enemy types. Like, are a little, I mean, they are essentially the same, but they've tweaked them a bit. So some of the Mongol uh, invaders will be more zombie-ish or, like, a little bit more fantasy Ooh. Um, and then there are ghost enemies too, like which are sneaky little fucks, <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. and will absolutely sneak up on you uh, if you are not careful. So it was fun to go through them because again, it just felt like the game, but less grounded in reality, and allowing you to really live through some of these storytelling moments that felt more. Uh, fantastical than like the regular. Ah, oh, that's awesome. That makes me happy. And like Andrew was saying, this is all free. Which is, you know, it, yeah. I, I was wondering, like... And there's a raid. And there's a raid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and again, there's a spectral dog, and you can pet the dog. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll have to try out the samurai. Give the, the face tank some love and see how that works out. I was told that you can eventually upgrade that to the bear, and then you can pet the bears. <sighs> yeah. Those bears were assholes in the game. Yep. Very sure strong. They sure were, were slightly aggressive. <laughs> Samra's like the bear expert in video games. She knows all about the bears. I mean, bears can be aggressive, so that's accurate. That's fine. That's not, it's not unusual. Yeah. But, um, but we had fun, and hopefully um, I'll get to spend some more time in it. But yeah, it's it's cool. If you liked, if you yeah, liked, if you the, liked game. the game and you have a friend that you want to play this with, like I recommend it. It was, it was a fun little time we had. Good. Oh, yay. Good job, Sucker Punch. Yeah. Yeah. 
And now another co-op game that was fun because I was playing with you. Aww. And that's about it. <laughs> yeah, tell me about the thing that apparently we're going to be playing this weekend. Oh, I am so excited. Yeah, so for Lights Off, Andrea and I have been playing Phasmophobia, what, three weeks in a row now? I think is what it's been. That is correct, And yes. this is a game that's developed and published by Kinetic Games. And on Steam, it currently has 44,000 reviews. All, not all, but overwhelmingly positive is the overall review for it. It is still in early access, and it came out in mid-September. And essentially, the idea is that you and up to three others are paranormal investigators. And you have to go into a variety of homes, whether it's a farmhouse or maybe it's like just a house on the street, an asylum, a high school... And you have to find out what kind of ghost is haunting the area. And then if you want to talk about the lore, then in theory, you sell that information to a ghost removal team, which is why you get paid at the end of um, every mission. And so you go in and there's 22 different pieces of gear right now. And in early access, they expect all of these things to increase in number. Um, and you have like an EMF reader, a ghost box, which lets you talk to the dead. You have a thermometer, you know, all sorts of tools at your disposal. And you have to figure out over... Right now, there's 10 different ghosts. Depending on what evidence you can gather, you have to narrow it down to what kind of ghost it is you're hunting. So, like, the strategy Andrea and I have used is I'll usually go in with, like, the thermometer. She'll go in with the EMF reader. And if I go into a room with the, with the thermometer, and you have five minutes before the ghosts start attacking you in the room, in the house. So you can kind of, like... No <laughs> you can kind of, like, plan your course of action. If I find a room with cold temperatures, then I know that is the ghost room. That is the room, like, where the ghost is hunkered down in probably where it'll start hunting eventually and try to kill you and you can take it from there and so i'll be like okay so this ghost has cold temperatures can you like light a fire to make the temperature go up and no make the thing go i wish that's wouldn't be too bad of an idea um but if you find the ghost room then you can throw a crucifix in the ghost room and that'll probably prevent it it'll prevent it from entering hunting mode which is when it actually kills you or if you have your emf reader and it spikes up to a level five then that is indicative of a specific kind of ghost whether it's like what what are those andrew like a spirit demon poltergeist gin mare shade, shade uh revenant, ori. Ori. Is there a banshee no there i thought there is was there? a banshee Maybe. I don't think we've ever seen one. There's a poltergeist. Mm-hmm. I hope I get a banshee. Yeah. Well, maybe. Mostly because they scream real loud. That sounds terrible. But yeah, so far there's 10 different kinds of ghosts and you gather evidence and there's no time limit or anything like that. It's just you try to you try to stay alive. But the problem is the longer you're inside the house is in the dark and the, the lights don't work more often than not because the, the breakers flip. Because of course, because not. of course. Well, because the breaker, if you turn too many lights on in the house, then the breaker goes out, and then you have to find the breaker in the dark and turn it back it's on. It's great. Um, yeah. Anyway, the more you're in the dark, your sanity drops, <laughs> and then if your sanity reaches zero, I'm not entirely sure what the implications are. I think it makes you more vulnerable to being killed by the ghosts, and I think you kind of hear more shit, and it freaks you out more. But, like, can you win this game or are you just doomed to die? <laughs> you can win. So when you start each... That's a great question. <laughs> and Andrew's like, well... So when you start the level, the, your main objective for every level is find out what kind of ghost it is. But then you have three different objectives. It could be detect a room with freezing temperatures or have someone on your team witness a ghost event or et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to witness a ghost event. That's but, a terrible, but Sarah, terrible for thing. For $10 or like, $20. It's not a goal I want in life. But for $10 or $20, <laughs> isn't it totally worth it? 
For you, no, it's yeah. not. No, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> Fuck no for that one. No, you know how many times Andrea's like, for the content, we got to go in and we have to find a picture of dirty water because we'll get $10. Like, Andrea. Of dirty water. Oh, yeah, that's one of it's Andrea's one of the objectives. Things. Andrea loves her dirty water. <laughs> picture of dirty water. What sort of photojournalist <laughs> game is this? But it's creepy. I do think it's really funny how the rewards are low, but the good news is that you can get insurance if one of your teammates... Um, like life insurance yeah so so you spend a lot oh you can see there's like fog in the in britney's gameplay down oh look i see she's got an emf rating of five that's not good that's never good <laughs> what does it mean it means that there's no i know i know what it means but it i mean more of like ghost. is a ghost about to pounce on her i feel like this is where i'm like about to is die is this our first time I've playing? Died, i've died so many times i feel like this is our first time playing yeah i finally had my first death uh, on our last stream so yes i'm essentially like once you get the money at the end of each level, you can buy better gear. So it could be a tripod. It could be like a head-mounted camera. Okay. It could be... Yeah, let me see if I can find some gameplay of yeah. that. I'm just scrolling through Sanity our pills. stream, our first stream. Oh, this is right after I died. Hold on, let me see. Oh, if yeah. Find. Poor Andrea. She always... Died. And death. the thing, Samara, that you're absolutely going to love is that the ghost is always mm. listening. So when you're talking into your microphone, if what? you talk a lot, it'll come after you more likely than not. <laughs> what? Yeah. And so sometimes that's bullshit, and I don't like always on listening things. <laughs> well, well, I guess you need to throw away your cell phone. <laughs> I mean, no, I really no, for real. Yeah, there was um, I was talking with Jackie about cinnamon toast crunch via text the other day, and guess what? We got served ads for <gasps> Slammer, legit cinnamon, cinnamon toast crunch. Toast that happened to me crunch. too. I'm not same fucking cereal and everything. I'm not kidding. I got one in my Twitter feed, and, the, and I was like, "How did this get here? <laughs> what is happening?" The funnier bit was that then I was watching Gilmore Girls because of course um, and then in that same episode as we were talking about this ad in, in Cinnamon Toast Crunch it's on the table in Gilmore Girls and I was like they even got it into Gilmore <laughs> Girls how did they do this we're in the matrix now everybody yeah. <laughs> they just super, superimpose whatever cereal you were talking about on this Netflix show it's like Josie and the Pussycats where they're just like whispering buy Cinnamon Toast Crunch like underneath all of the music tracks you listen to mm -hmm. listen um, to it backwards you'll hear it it's fucking exactly freaky. now i want cinnamon toast crunch actually i want really want count chocula i almost made john oh. go to the grocery store to get some yesterday because i was like mm, you have to go to target i think i don't know every grocery store has safeway it. has it too well target run it is mm -hmm. yeah. um i did find i did find this clip of uh, of me dying oh, which one there's um, been like 15 the game. how dare you it's true though so there's that looks like a condom what is that that is a thermometer. Oh, do oh. you see the ghost fl flickering in and out there? And I'm like, oh no. Wait, no, that's Brittany? trying to trying to run away. Oh. That's Brittany running away from me. She's like, I'm piecing the fuck oh, out yeah. of here. Uh -oh. So when you have your flashlight, so I'm in the upper right hand corner. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah Brittany. Okay. So the thing is, like the ghost, there's titles. I know, but I'm there's just so much movement happening. My eyes are like all over. Oh the yeah, place. what's happening? So the ghost goes through. <laughs> oh, I see a spectral <laughs> yeah, there creature. Go, poor Andrea. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Ew! Oh, yeah. I don't want fingers like that oh, in my face. It's gross. Wash fact. your hands. <laughs> it's, it's a dead, dead person. person. There's some like rotting. Hygiene is still important. When you're dead, you're right. Words from Steimer. Even if you're rotting six feet under, wash your fucking hands. There's a pandemic. I mean, if you're gonna come back above ground, yeah, like do the nice. Thing. Uh, but yeah, this game is freaky and be a considerate. You can play it in games. VR, which I don't think I'm brave enough to do. Oh no! Hell no! No, mm -mm -mm -mm. no thank you. No. But yeah, so you have this journal, you collect your evidence, and there's all these different ghosts that you can hunt, and you earn money, and um, 
Yeah, it's a it's an experience. It's definitely more fun with friends. So on our last lights off stream, the nanobiologist and Doc Brooke joined us, and so we had a f- how many people can you play with? Up to five, I think. I thought it was four. I think it's four. Let's see. I thought I That's saw- good. It lessens your odds of being killed. Oh, it might be four. Um, it does lessen my odds, but I still died anyway. <laughs> oh, um, really? Yep, sure Man, did. Man, you are just... Poor nanobiologist. He died. It was so bad. We were, we were exposed. Oh, yes. We did send him in as bait, and then he... And then bait Well, worked. it did. Yes, it definitely We were did. in an right. asylum well, exploring, and... Working as intended. Well, you know the ghost <laughs> is entering hunting phase when your light flickers, and then what happens is the ghost will shut all the doors and lock them so you can't escape. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. This doesn't sound fun and so <laughs> all of our lights start flickering and we're all fucking hightailing it out of this asylum and all we hear is like this garbled scream coming from nanobiologists and i thought he was just screaming oh we'd look on no he was totally dead neck completely turned around the wrong way on the ground just like his gear everywhere poor oh nano yeah yeah Rip Nano, you 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 did good. Doc Brooke is just she's too brave. She's very brave. She's just like I got this. I'm not scared of anything. No. I ain't afraid of no ghost. <laughs> um, but here's a screen of our contract payments. As you can see, because I died, I didn't get any money. But if Brittany had taken oh, no. a photo of my body, I could have gotten some now insurance money. Oh wait, oh so you have to take a photo of the dead body? Yes. Yes, that's sort so of. So there's some ways up. to get extra money. Yeah, and apparently, if you take a photo of the dead body, send the insurance agent in and be like, "Here you go, oh, yeah. the body's over there." There's a lot about this game that doesn't make sense. I'm like, why are you doing this for such a low amount of money? Why is every house on the street all? Why are all of their lights turned off? Like, who is? Yeah, yep. I don't know. Exactly. Maybe the power. I mean, the ghosts are messing with the power. Yes. They're like, we like dark. <laughs> we turn off all of your power. So yes, yeah, Samir, that's what you get to play on Saturday. So, yeah. If Brittany, do you want to tell everybody about the streams? Oh, I would love nothing more or nothing less. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, yeah, Patreon streams are, again, this Saturday, in case you missed it. The Happy Hour Q&A kicks off at 12 p.m. Pacific. And the After Hour stream, where we will be playing Phasmophobia, is at 2 p.m. Pacific. And this could be your only opportunity to watch Steimer play a horror game besides our old Lights Off series. And I don't know if Andrea yeah, like this year. What is sure. she tempting you? Does she get you ice cream cake? Is she making you? Um, I don't know what we've decided. I promised ice yeah, cream okay, cake. Okay. Oh, that's right. Was that okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, yeah. Is there, are those Mario cakes still happening? I mean, I assume they are, and if not, I'm sure there's plenty of I'm other sure ice cream. Plenty cakes. of other ice cream cakes that exist <laughs> oh, in this yeah. world. We can. Yeah, we'll be okay. And good news. We can turn the lights off. It'll be great. <laughs> so, are you two going to play on the same screen? Or are you going to like go in different rooms? Well, what we could do is we could technically play on the same screen, or we could just take turns playing. Yeah, we'll put, we've, we usually take yeah, turns yeah. in here. Um, but we can sit together there in the dark. There you go. It won't be too bad then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to be fun. Sing a little kumbaya in the dark. <laughs> I do hope that they add some fun things. Obviously, more maps would be great. But like that to me is like on the bottom of the list. What I would like is some more character customization Mm -hmm. options to be able to like have a character and customize them to be able to get a little bit less janky locomotion (laughs) in the game. There's a lot of clipping in and out of substance. You don't like it when I bend backwards, Andrea, and walk around all crab No, it's it's terrifying. (laughs) I can literally walk through Brittany's head and see the back of her eyeballs and her teeth. It's great. It's bad. It's terrifying. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's not something anybody wants to see. (laughs) But considering that it's an indie game and it's just blown up on Steam, I hope the team is looking at ways that they can take all of the resources that they're getting from people buying it and 
making the game better because it certainly is fun. We've had a great time with it. It is fun, yeah. They say that they're looking at expanding the equipment, maps, and ghosts um, once it goes into full release next year. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yes. Did we mention it's in early access? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. All right. That's going to do it for our segment two for this week. When we come back, we have a very fun, continued, spooky conversation for our Patreon-produced segment. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. It's the final segment of the What's Good Games podcast. This is our monthly Patreon-produced segment, and because we're all in the spooky mood, well, most of us are, our I'm Patreon- just in the candy mood. Like, October to me is not spooky month. It is candy month. Fair. Candy corn. Candy corn. And all the Halloween candy. All sorts of mini-sized candies. I love mini-sized. Fun-sized things are fun. Yeah. I haven't had any candy corn yet this season. Same. I am approaching the end of my second bag, so my time with candy corn is coming your second bag is your last bag. Why don't you bag? bring that bag on Saturday? Oh, you want her to this share? This last until Saturday? This is her last <laughs> bag of candy corn. I don't think she would share it. Well, I told her that she's going to have to have some of the bag that I'm going to buy because I need to oh, have yeah. a few oh, pieces of candy go. corn. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, get, just don't get like one of the chat bags, please. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Deal. Deal. Um, Brittany. Yo. Would you like to explain about the Patreon produced segment? I would. So every month I pull our patrons on patreon.com slash what's good games. And I'm like, hey, friends, what do you want us to talk about during the third segment this month? And we get tons of submissions and I narrow it down, put up a poll, y'all vote. And that's how we come up with this third segment topic. And this month, it, the winner was Nicole Barnett. Barnett. And the topic is... Have you ever experienced anything creepy, unexplainable, ghost, or poltergeist-like? Dun, dun, dun. But before we dive into our spooky stories, we want to, of course, read the names of our wonderful elite patrons and above. This is one of our favorite times of the month where we try to feebly pronounce your names correctly. And sometimes we're successful and sometimes we're not. Uh, but if you guys want to get your monthly shout out, again, elite patrons and above, it's one of the many tiers at patreon.com slash what's good games. So let's go ahead and take it away, Brittany. We have Stephen M. Schneider. Ahem, Chewy's Gutson. Trent Pennington. Almost Superman. Rob Cober. Emily Kent. Wolf Lang. Uh, Michaela Sage. Roland Bala. Andrew Courtney. Alex Kohler. E. Benjamin Checkness. Dustin Toby. Al Tribesman. Crystal Landmark. Regina Falange. <laughs> Marco Antaveros. Ferris Ate. DK2112. Tracy H. <laughs> Gary Oxborough. Maris Mikasa. Tony Shea. Matthew Simpson. The Male Escort. Tara Bruno. <laughs> Jessica Bloom. The Supreme Commander. The Savage Chihuahua in Njambi. <laughs> Brittany Heath. <laughs> Patrick Weller. Sean Smith. Will Colum. Matthew Goddard. Nathaniel 97. Trent Perry. Noel Navarez. Daniel Hull. Sean I. Tyler McCall. Bang Zoom Pow. Justin Foss. Martha Emery. Alexandra David. Brian R. Johnson. Joe Wilson. Eric Z. Justin Foshi. Devin Nitz. Ermigurda Jasmine Sayanis. Adriana Rock Williams. Every month. Yisun <laughs> Kagenomai. So sorry, friend. Patrick Landry. Shai Jackson Burgess. Carla Callahan. 
SpongeBob, Muhammad Muhammad, Nathan Watkins, Rob Leonard, Chris Wilson, Trent Pennington, Melanthius Owens, Renate Burns, Emily Kent, Jake Sue, Gary Peck, Kenneth Stimmel, Elizabeth Brooke, Nambui, Zach Hershey, Gio Corsi, Elmo Shell, Robert Adams, Molly Bittner, Joe Kennison, Michael S., Jared Howard, Bill Stilwell, Marcus Ian Brown, Ozzy Mejia. Oh, I got it. Pure Blue Octopus. <laughs> Pete Shoemaker, <laughs> Nicole Humphrey, Regan Ibsen, RJ Bryan, Stephanie Fitzwilliam, Teresa Enat, Kyle Peterson, John Drake, Jason Demers, Alex Regopoulos, Trevor Starkey, Joe Schlieff, Andrew Cotton, Brian Harper, David Michaelucci, Kia B, and Patrick Higgins. Thank you so much, everybody. If we missed your name or mispronounced your name, we apologize. I did have to do a little copy and pasting, and I may have accidentally deleted a name. For that, you will get your name read twice next month. So oh. hopefully that did not happen. <gasps> That's right, twice. You get it read twice. Uh. So nice. Okay. You read it twice. I have to hear this Ouija board story that you're talking about. Yes. So... The question, just as a reminder for everybody, have you ever experienced anything creepy, unexplained, ghost, or poltergeist-like from Nicole Barnett? So when I was a child, I had a Ouija board, like most of us did, I think. Mm -hmm. I did not have a Ouija board. No? My Ouija board experience came from a friend's house. Okay. Did you have a Ouija board? I I did. I got it at a garage sale, which is how all horror movies start. Exactly. One that has lots of baggage attached to it already. Oh, yeah. Before you get it. And, you know, blood or whatever else happened to that Mm. Ouija board. Um, Okay. So we were probably, me and my sister were probably like maybe like nine or 10 years old. So in that very potential mischievous phase where we needed to be our attention occupied by something but this is just when video games had come out we had just got our nes console and my dad had you know limited the amount of time that we would get to play with it so we did what kids did back then we played outside a lot we played a lot of board games a lot of card games watched a lot of you know vhs tapes and i decided that it would be fun when my dad's friend came over with his kids that were around the same age. They were both buddies because they were in the Fargo running club together and they did a lot of long distance running. And so he had kids the same age. And so he would bring them over and we would play when we were at my dad's on the weekends. And we had this Ouija board that was my dad's from like the sixties when he was a, a, a young kid. And I was like, we should play, let's do it. So we're in the basement. It's, me and my sister and these other two kids. And, of course, we're asking stupid questions like, uh, you know, does Lacey like this guy? Or does Ryan, is, <laughs> oh. does Ryan's fart smell? So not like, even stupid, like, stupid questions. Not even like paranormal stuff of like, oh, hello, is there anybody out there? Well, I mean, we started with that, but then it just devolves because we were kids, sure. right? We were dumb yeah, kids. true. And so it was three girls and one guy. And so then we, of course, started like, trying to poke fun at him it's like oh which which girl is he dating who's his crush who's he's kissing you know the stupid <laughs> stuff that kids do mm-hmm. and it started like it's so hard to tell if it was somebody specifically moving it or if it was something else moving it but we were asking dumb questions we weren't like i'm sure there- it was like go fuck <laughs> yourself here you go <laughs> 
Well, we were asking him to spell stuff, and he just kept getting, this kid that we were playing with just kept getting angrier and angri- angrier and to the point that there's something ha- something happened where the little, was there a name for that little the thing? The little with, triangle the, thingy? With the magnifying glass it on it's it? It's like the no. little glass. Or, yeah, I don't know. Where it just kind of like flew off the the board, and... Ryan just like gets this like fit of anger that comes over him and he like storms off and he's screaming and he's mad and we're like, what's the big deal? And my dad came down and like ripped the game away. He's like, what are you guys doing playing with this? And gets really mad. (laughs) And I remember him like throwing it in the trash. Oh, wow. Like taking it outside. You're like, dad, why did you have this in your house if you wanted to throw it away all these years? (laughs) I I honestly just thought he forgot about it because he had a bunch of old Mm. comics too. Um, that, you know, were very clearly read a lot, like Archie comics and stuff, like nothing that was, you know, necessarily of value. But, um, and then like a week later, it was back in the closet. Ah, shit. See, I've because seen this before. Because he was like, I actually didn't want to this way. I just didn't <laughs> yeah, want to play with it. I assume that's what happened, but he never <laughs> admitted it. And I honestly have never asked my dad if he went back out to the trash like later that night and like pulled the Ouija board. Oh, out of the sweet trash. Ouija board! You've meant so much to me. I mean, maybe he has a memory that's really deeply associated with it. Maybe, I, I but it freaked me out because I just assumed that it was back there because it yeah. was haunted. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Why, oh, yeah. why would you assume anything logical with a Ouija board? But oh, yeah, no, one of those unsolved mysteries. I um. I definitely remember there was uh, this is just the Ouija board experience that I've had. Um, We went to a friend's house and it was a bunch of girls. I don't remember if we were sleeping over or not, but whatever. Uh, But it was definitely late. It was, of course, in like the basement (laughs) because where else? Of course. Always got to play with the Ouija board in the basement. Yeah. Although I guess, you know, there's places where houses don't have basements, but we had a basement. Um, And my memories are super hazy of this. All I really remember was we all like we turned off the lights we had some candles we had the ouija board in the middle i don't think my hands were on it i think i was just like in the circle because there were that many people but um again i'm like i don't know like we were asking it questions i do remember her brother tried to scare us by like talking through the vent and (laughs) being like whatever like as we were doing something (laughs) then oh i remember this so as we're, we're asking it questions, I don't remember what we were asking it. Like a giant explosion sound goes off in the neighborhood at some point. We never figured oh, out shit. what that was. Uh, and then we looked on the ground like near the Ouija board and there was a black bug just thrashing around. And after that, I was like, oh. I'm good. I'm out. I'm, <laughs> I'm going home. <laughs> like, mom, come pick me up. I'm scared. I don't, I don't like what's happening oh here. Um, but in terms of like like i don't know weird paranormal stuff i haven't had a lot um but the one weird thing that i still remember that i've just never figured out what it could have even been was so i grew up um in a house that overlooked lake washington in seattle and i remember when my sister's room did look out over it mine did not mine was in the back of the house I don't remember why I was in her room, but I was in there one night. Snooping through her diary, snooping, maybe. Snooping through her shit. I don't remember. I think I was just having trouble sleeping one night, but she wasn't there. So I don't know if maybe this was after she already left for college or what, but um, it was late at night and I was just looking at the lake and I saw a, something like it felt like it was it flew over the lake. I saw a light go down to the lake, come back up and then it went away. And I was like, the fuck was that? <laughs> 
like ah, a ufo like a ufo but like huh. but I, and I kept trying to think i'm like it didn't look like a helicopter or like any sort of plane i, I just i've never figured out what that possibly would have been and again seeing the light going down and then back up i was like that's weird it's really weird but also like what are you doing taking a fish like i don't there's nothing in the lake. Taking a fish. Sorry. <laughs> Taking a gonna, rainbow you're trout. To abduct a fish. If you're coming all this way from outer space, the fish is not the thing you're going for. <laughs> the aliens are like, we need to get the highest life form. Who knows? Honestly, they're smarter they're not than wrong. some people. But they're not wrong. Yeah. It's I, true. I don't know. That was just huh. the, weirdest, the weirdest thing. Um, but again, I just, I'm sure there is a logical explanation. I just don't know what it is. Hmm. Brittany? I, I'm trying to. As far as like Ouija board experiences go, I did get one from a garage sale and my friend and I were playing with it in my bedroom and she was like my ride or die, like let's watch all the scary movies growing up together, which was like not, not great in hindsight because, you know, we're weenies now. But anyway, so we were playing with it and I remember like we just sat there for about 30 minutes just waiting for something to happen because neither one of us knew that you're supposed to probably like manipulate it yourself to like make it do something. So, so like did. my we just <laughs> sat there. Like, There's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That was literally it. And then our backs started hurting and then we were like, OK, this, this is, is boring. This is kind of stupid. This is boring. And then I when love I was that you older, both were so wholesome that you sat there with nothing happening. Yeah, we did. That definitely, like, I mean, would... I probably would have done the same thing again. My hands weren't on the board that one oh. time, but I don't think I would have known either that like you were supposed to vibe or whatever. Like I... spooky ghosts, spooky ghosts. Yeah, I don't know. But then I had apparently seen too many more scary movies because the next time that I played with one, uh, I didn't actually. I opted out. I was like, no, no, no. I've seen movies about this. Fuck this. But my friends in high school, they found one somewhere. And they were asking, like, stupid questions. They're like, who's going to get the biggest boobs when we're older? Oh, and yeah. Very it important on, It landed Listen, on me. Inquiring and I was minds like, want to know. <laughs> I mean, I was like, okay. The, the ghost chose me, and that's how I know that ghost was full of shit. And they were full of shit because, like, <laughs> hello. Unless I want to get, like, implants when I'm, like, older, then maybe I will end up with, like, the biggest boobs. But oh I'm like, God, you should just to prove lied. that ghost right. <laughs> just to prove that like, ghost right. The Ouija board <laughs> predicted this 20 years ago. <laughs> Today it comes true. Go to your plastic, day, go to a plastic surgeon and tell him that story. And I you know, want to see his face. Please record it. I le- okay. For you, Sam, I legit think about that from time to time. When people talk about Ouija boards, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, maybe someday I will get implants and then it will make sense. But for now, it was all lies. Um, but other than that, the only weird thing I had, exper- had experienced was, this was right around the time that my great aunt had passed away from cancer. And I was getting ready for school one morning. And the way my room was set up was I had a TV in my room and then I had like my little like makeup shelf in there. This was like in seventh grade when you would put like little blue eyeshadow on some like lip smackers and that was your makeup routine. Lip smackers. Good old times. Shout out to lip smackers. Mm -hmm. So good. And I was sitting there doing my thing and then I heard my TV turn on and I thought that was weird because my mom was still in bed. My dad was in the other room, like in the living room or something. I'm like, oh, that's weird. And I looked and my remote control to my TV was facing like the opposite direction because like I never put things back where they're supposed to go. So it was like somewhere facing a corner in the room. I'm like, okay, that's weird. Whatever, though. I like go back to the mirror and then all of a sudden the channel started changing. I'm like, what the? That's really weird. I was like, huh. So I freaked out. And you didn't have any animals at this point. 
Oh, no, no. And my remote was on like my high dresser. And like, oh. yeah, there's no cats in there or anything. So uh, mm. I turned it off. And then I ran back into my mom's room to wake her up. I think my dad was outside at this point getting like firewood or something. Anyway, she comes in. She's half asleep. And I'm like, can you just stand in here while I like finish putting like my lip smackers on or whatever I was doing? She's like, okay. And so I turned the TV off. And then she's standing in there. And then the TV turns back on. And then the channel started changing again. And still could not figure that one out and figure out what caused that. Like my logical assumption is maybe like the cable was being weird and it just like caused it to happen. Um, the midnight channel was trying to get in touch with you. <laughs> I know. I think it was. It was you like, didn't Hello. know about it then. Watch out for fog. Yes. The other thing was our microwave in our kitchen would just randomly turn on when there's no food in there, which anyone knows you don't do that. That's not good. And it would just be on. And we'd go in there and be like, who the hell is heating something up at 1030 at night? And yeah, there was just no weird. food in there. That is weird. Yeah. And there was just no food in there. And then, of course, like I have some family members who are like very religious and they very much believe in the afterlife and ghosts and whatnot. And around that same time, they had been describing not similar occurrences like their TVs weren't turning on, but like weird things happening in their house. But huh. who knows? That one's mm. Yeah, that's a, I think I would be I would be freaked out if like things in my house were just turning on. Um, yeah yeah because yeah it's a little it's a little hard one to explain away i'm sure there's like oh well circuit breakers or whatever but like i don't know yeah uh, it just seems a little bit spooky yeah i don't know if spooky. i i don't know if i really believe in ghosts that's the hard part because i've definitely gotten freaked out but i think yeah. i i can usually find a way to talk myself out of it but i do think some of the ghost chasing stuff is really interesting um, mm -hmm. it's something I've talked to Jessica Chobot a lot about. Because, oh yeah, she loves. Oh yeah, show. yeah. She if if you show, guys remember yeah. when she was on the show, which seems like a while ago, we got to get her back. Yeah. Um, she was talking about all the stuff that she's doing for Expedition X, and of course, she's got her um, paranormal podcast that she does, Bizarre States. Um, and I just like I don't know, man. Some of it's hard to believe, but I guess I haven't ever been in like a bona fide like. I was gonna ghost say, house. I feel like I would need to go to a really spooky place, which I would never really want to go to in order to make a decision on whether or not I believe that. The reason I really don't in general is because I just feel like when you die, you die and like mm -hmm. your energy gets transferred into something else because energy usually is transferred. It's not, it doesn't go away, but I don't necessarily believe in it being some sort of spectral force that mm -hmm. floats around. I actually think being a ghost would be terrible. You're just stuck. Yeah. I mean, it would be really fun for like a little bit. And then the you'd be like, God damn it. This is eternity until maybe the sun explodes. We're not sure what happens when that happens. But like <laughs> everyone's just floats in everyone's space. Everyone's just floating space around ghost. in space. Yeah. Oh, that was a great show. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like otherwise I just personally do not really believe in, in that. But I do believe, I mean, I believe in like weird spooky shit, which is why yeah. I, partly why I don't like it. <laughs> Like, I really don't need my imagination happen. to have more fodder. Thank you very much. I have enough weird uh, shit going on up in here. I don't <laughs> know how fair. I sleep at night. That's all I fucking watch is that freaky shit. But yeah, like I'm that's the same way. It's like I I'm with Steimer in the sense that, you know, like I don't really believe in an afterlife. I feel like when you die, you die, you become worm fodder and it's very terrible. But that's what I think happens. So for because of that, it's hard for me to think about like the ghosts or people like reanimating or coming back or being not reanimating. These aren't You're zombies, like zombies we're talking about. <laughs> not zombies. zombies. But it's hard because I have so many close friends and family members who swears they've experienced something. And these are people who I trust that I don't think would like make something up for shits and giggles, but they would like 
put their life on it. And they're like, this is what I saw. I saw this. I saw that. And then I'm like, hmm, what did you really see? Or did you really see that? But I think until I experience something myself, like definitively, until then, I'm just like, it's spooky. And I like being scared. I'm going to be but- the Steimer traditional bitch right now. <laughs> um- no, please do. That's why I love you. Oh my god! No, I love. I'm just thinking of having a flashback to last week when John yelled at me and was like, "Sorry, you read one book." <laughs> what? <laughs> this is what I, so I was talking about sleep, and he was like, "Blah blah blah." I don't remember what he was talking about, but we're I was talking like, about like if we were getting good sleep or, or something. Not. He was yeah. talking about the temperature, and I was like, "Oh, that's actually true because blah blah blah." And he's like, "God damn it, sorry, you read one book about sleep." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, I'll go away. I'll go back." Uh, but <laughs> This is and so this is my other moment of God damn it, Simon, you read one book. I'm not even fucking finished with this book yet. But in being wrong, okay. it actually talks a lot about how your senses can fool you and trick you. Mm. Um, and so like I think I do think in a lot of senses when people talk about ghost stories or whatever, um, it, it's probably a lot of that, like just a weird trick of the senses or of, of yeah. you misinterpreting what's going on. Um, and I think that is logically a lot of what it is. But that being yeah. said, I totally understand why people are like, no, I believe like this happened and yeah. this is a thing. Um, but the other thing to also that I also found interesting in that book is like the way we reconstruct memories is not like, oh, I'm just replaying that thing. Your brain actually like reconstructs it from the scratch every mm-hmm. time, which is why it's wrong a little bit more every time. So like one fundamental ah. piece of the story might be still like remaining true, but a lot of the stuff around it is not usually yeah i've heard about that too yeah yeah Never thought it's about like a game of way. telephone with your head it really yeah it's a good way of putting it yeah, your, your, your brain is just like playing telephone with itself it's like hey what was that thing again uh i don't know it sounded like let's this just change sure. this okay, little we'll detail now we're rolling great. with this yeah so would you ladies ever stay in a spooky haunted house mm, if i was with money? the group <laughs> <laughs> How much money? Fuck you, pay me. Uh, If there was a lot of money and it was with you all, I would do it. Um, I wouldn't enjoy it, probably, but I would be curious to just be like, all right, whatever. This is like a once in a lifetime thing. Hopefully, hopefully, this fucking poltergeist doesn't follow me around for the rest of my life. (laughs) I I think I could be convinced it would depend on the circumstances it's like do we have access to electricity do i have access to my phone is there like an well, you emergency? know all that's going away as soon as the ghost oh. gets involved ghost is going yeah goodbye lights goodbye phone i know but i don't know maybe i might i might yeah i feel like you'd want to break all those stupid stereotypical horror movie cliche things like okay the car is out front we have the keys to the car. It is full of gas. Yeah. Okay. It, it is running perfectly. <laughs> the front door. Let's just fucking take the front door down. So we always have a clear exit. It can't get locked. Phasmophobia has traumatized me with that. Oh, oh you yeah. always point. Just take it off the hinges. Yeah. Just take it off the hinges. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. I remember this did not come to pass, but I remember I went camping with a group of people and we thankfully found this before anybody fucking did anything with it. But we went with some idiot boys because we were all teenagers <laughs> and oh, they boys. had scream masks in the back but like hidden under a thing and they were definitely going to try and do some <gasps> shit and like but we found them before so then like the, the, jig, the jig was up but like or the jig was up whatever that saying yeah. is uh and mm-hmm. but i like i don't even know what i would have done if if that had actually like come to fruition i think oh, i would have lost my mind that would have been a license to assault someone. Like, yeah, you I would have, have absolutely. Full... Well, I may have just had a heart attack and died. I don't know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it reminds me of like where haunted houses and haunted mazes and things used to be back when we were younger about when they could like 
grab you and touch some you of them still like, can but they're they're, they're very specifically laid you have out to sign and, like, you have a to waiver. sign a waiver. yeah exactly you have to sign your <laughs> no. rights away i'm like i'm not signing that shit hell went, no when we went to horror nights i hid behind you most of the time i literally grabbed her and was like i don't want to look at it i don't like it you're a trooper but we fed you you know giant donuts yeah oh yeah i mean I, it was still fun although the worst part of that to me was the hallway or was the not hallway, but the um like the tunnel. Yes. When, so we there were different parts of Hollywood Horror Nights where and to get from one to the other to go through this tunnel and like there were some actors in there oh, that would scream yeah. at you and like come up to you while the you're fake just chainsaws just trying to get from point A yeah. to point B and I was like I really dislike this. If I was going into a haunted house, I am opting into that experience. This is the transit to and from back and yeah. forth leave me alone yeah they call those the scare zones yes they and they're do. deemed after like everything the only scare zo- yeah the, one of the scare zones was a one way to connect you between two areas that was dumb first timer at least you did it these Proud of you. yes yes <laughs> um <laughs> speaking of tacos <laughs> just just a little anybody uh, have any spooky taco stories tidbit about our food <laughs> order um no, there's um there's a lot of fun stuff about Halloween. I really like it. Um, I I had a really great time at Halloween Horror Nights with with y'all last year. That was a fun that was a fun yeah. time. It was. Fun. It was, and Alana joined us for a little bit. She, she did. Time. Yeah. Yeah. It was I just great. pulled a muscle in my neck. <laughs> was it a ghost? And maybe it was. Maybe it's like, burr. I'm gonna get you. You're gonna that, get some I'm big old titties. a crick in your neck. Well, I know. Go put some ice on it because that's going to be our show for this week. Thank you to all of our patrons for supporting everything we do. Thank you to everybody who has listened to the show, who has subscribed on YouTube, who's followed on Twitch, who has followed us on Twitter, who has left a five-star review, who has told a friend about the show, who's in the Discord, on the Facebook fan page, who's written an email. We would not have gotten to episode 200 without every single one of you supporting us along the way. So thank you for being part of What's Good Games. And that's all I have, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye!